0: I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp. Welcome to the Biohack Your Beauty Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. Hello beautiful one, welcome back for an amazing new episode of the biohack beauty podcast. Today we have Abigail of energy light healing on the show. Now Abigail is an energy healer and activator. So her work centers around bringing awareness and remembrance of your truest essence through the modalities of frequency and sound healing. She's a soul coach assisting in releasing limited mindsets. So in this episode, we talk extensively about manifesting and getting into receiving mode. We also talk about sound healing, meditation and energy light healing. Before we dive in, I wanna share that I am working on a very exciting new project that has been in the works for months, and it is all about biohacking and health. It will be a joint project with my partner, Drew, and we will be traveling extensively for this project in the coming months, which means you will get lots of incredible content from me on Instagram, on YouTube, and even on TikTok. So, make sure to follow me there via the links below. During our travels, I will continue to track my biomarkers with my absolute favorite tracking resource, Inside Tracker. This way, I can stay on top of my energy levels, on top of my inner age, and my immune system while we travel. So I highly recommend Inside Tracker to anyone who wants to find out more about their current state of health and also how to maintain a radiant state of health. You receive 25% off of any plan with code doravandekamp1word.
1: All right. Let's go to the show. Hello Abigail, how are you today? I am doing so great, Dora. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so honored
0: even just talking to you before we started recording. I just feel like this beautiful sense of calm. And I would love to just start with talking a little bit about what it is that you do.
1: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, And likewise, trust me, uh, being in this space with you, I think we're really going to dive into some really, really good stuff. So uh, my name is Abigail and I, um, what do I do? (laughs) This is always that key question, yeah? Um, I am a sound frequency healer and what that basically means is that while using my vocals, I am able to transmit and emit uh, frequency and sound. Um, I am also a, a life soul coach. And so in that space, I'm um, able to give guidance to a lot of beautiful men and women. And uh, yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love it. Um, and
0: I would love to know kind of what led you to become this uh, coach of many trades, because you do have different modalities that you utilize for healing, what brought you to become this healer that you are now?
1: I believe that throughout my entire life, I had sort of, um, I think I was guided into spaces where these different aspects of myself got birthed. And so from a tender age of four, I began to tap into what some would deem as like intuition. And I would see like figures in walls and in like my living spaces and I I would talk to them. And, um, you know, I I was always told that I had a really imaginative mind. Um, But and so I went with that. And then as I grew older, I was always sought out, like my friends in school would ask me to interpret their dreams. And I thought that was normal. <laughs> I was like, doesn't everyone do this? Doesn't everyone hear voices in their head? Doesn't everyone feel like anxiety when they're around certain people or feel like, oh, I feel like they, they need this or um, to show up somewhere. And that had always kind of been my life. In early 2020, I had kind of what some would call an awakening. I like to call it my spiritual aha. And so during those moments, um, it was after, you know, uh, a very trying time in my life. And stepping into that space, it just went full force. I feel like all of those breadcrumbs, all of those little hints of my life sort of came screaming back in uh, like... They had been put in storehouses for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so it was my choice to either hop on that train or not. But I'll be honest with you, it felt like I was being pushed into the train versus like you have a choice. <laughs> yeah. And from then to now, you know, it's been a very rapid acceleration into that form of awareness. It's been oof, a ride. <laughs>
0: mm. I love that you mentioned how once you kind of step on the train, it's like, Phew you know nonstop you're just go go going and sometimes it can be really overwhelming because there's so much now that you're open
1: right yeah that's exactly it and i believe that throughout our entire lives that is sort of the forking paths of it all you know you you have all these beautiful choices but your destiny always seems to land you in that same exact spot you can take the scenic route or you can go forth and hang on and, and do all of those things. And I think either or is fine. Mm,
0: yes. I, I love that. Either or is fine. Do you find that since you kind of started and even though, even you growing up being really aware and being intuitive and having this sense of like, Hey, I'm a little bit different than the people I'm around. Did you, do you ever feel kind of isolated or did you ever find that you you were kind of like alone or feeling really different
1: than everyone else? 100%. I, most of my life, and there's so many pictures that my mom would take of me, it was me spent writing like on some kind of book or journal or napkin or anything that I can find and drawing and doodling like these certain figures or images and my mom would look at them and she'd ask, she's like, what is this? And I'm like, this is an angel. And she goes, oh, that doesn't look like any angel I've seen, but okay. <laughs> and it would be moments like that where I just spent a lot of time just on my own. I, I did um, have that blessing of always magnetizing people towards me, but I really enjoyed my solitude from when I was very young, um, even until now, you know, I I love communing with people and getting to know them, but... I just genuinely have so much reverence for the spaces of me and being just in that wholeness of myself for a moment and then coming back out whenever it's time. But yeah, that's been happening since I was a kid.
0: (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. Did you grow
1: up spiritual or religious or anything like that? I grew up in a very conservative Pentecostal home. And so what's interesting about that is that both my parents sort of navigating Christianity, both of them would often speak about how they broke free from the Catholic church. Um, and now in retrospect, I'm like, so you just went from one to the next. Like it was pretty much linear. <laughs> and so uh, I, I grew up pretty um, separate from my parents due to certain circumstances. Um, I grew up. Part of my childhood in Guatemala with my grandparents and my aunts and my uncles and my cousins, and they were very Catholic. And so I grew up with that, but then when I was able four four or five years later to be with my mom and dad, it was strict Christianity. And so I got to see both and how they kind of navigate that and the infrastructure of that. Um, And then by the age of 26, 25, 26, I just sort of said, None of this is for me. None of this feels right. Like there's so many rules. God is placed in such a tiny box. And the expectation of God, um, while we say that he is this infinite God source power, feels so limited by this description. I just don't believe in this. And my parents had uh, quite, a, <laughs> quite a moment with that. They said, whoa, 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 wait, wait. She went to the devil. She went to the devil. <laughs> Oh my God. I
0: can relate because I grew up in, my dad's a minister. So I grew up in a very strict Christian household too. And it's just fascinating because I love how you described it, that God is put in such a small box. And if he is so all powerful and all knowing, how come there are so many limitations in that description and in that word? And so I love how you describe that, because I feel like many of us out there can resonate with that. Like, wait a second, this doesn't add up. This doesn't make sense to me. There's got to be something more.
1: That's exactly right. And I think it was the thirst for more, because to be honest with you, Dora, I went from like devout Christianity where I was like a youth pastor, where I was with the, this program called the Missionettes, which was like Christian girl scouts. And like, I went from doing all these things to then, um, marrying my son's father. We're now since divorced, but marrying my son's father and he was low key, like atheist. And so going from that to like, I don't believe in anything. I think this whole thing is just a joke. And like, after you die that's it and you're done like why do people you know think that a god exists look at all the these tragedies i went into victim mode and like you know projection of of the cruelties of this of this existence you know so to go from the extreme of one to the extreme of the other and sort of finding this equilibrium and balance and harmony of what just existence can be like mm.
0: it's so beautiful and it's I just love that you're saying that because I had that too, where it was like going from one extreme and then realizing all of the suffering in the world and having such a hard time processing that and going into some deep depression and and questioning because how could this be possible? How can this happen? And feeling very betrayed, right? Because it was like all of this faith and hope and love that you promise and then look at the state of existence in the world. And so finding that new belief, finding that new faith and that new hope, it's so incredible to be gifted that and to seek and search for that and find it because it's, it's like a a relief, almost like a, 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 an answer to the questions that you've been asking for your whole entire life.
1: That's exactly right. And I think that once um, everything kind of came crumbling down for me and, well, I would say that the beginning of that happened in 2016, where my faith, I guess the faith that that was still latent in there, um, had to be brought forth and sort of put on the spotlight. I was diagnosed with, um, uh, there were aspects going on in my breast cancerous cells, and I was in and out of surgeries for about two years then in the midst of that then I my uterus also you know went into this space of chaos and it had to be removed like all of these very feminine traits of me got challenged and sort of said what do you believe now what do you believe now you know and and that kept occurring over and over again until like November of 2019 where there was three instances um and one evening where I attempted to take my life and each time it failed and I was just like, I just don't get it. <laughs> there's <laughs> something that wants me to stick around. There's, there's a thing, you know, because a beautiful friend of mine came, you know, and, and provided such beautiful medicine to me in that space and just uh, allowed me to come back into center and just say, it's OK, you're, you're fine, you're safe, you're allowed and you're loved And I needed that more than anything. I don't think I had actually heard that in so long. So when that aha moment happened in early 2020, it was such a um, easy, quote unquote, easy transition because it was the thirst of, of figuring out like, who am I and what's my place in this existence? And you know how that goes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And all of those questions, it's like, we don't ask ourselves those questions sometimes, unless we're put in like this very precarious position where we kind of are forced to find the answers and we're like, dang it, this sucks. But then the light at the end of the tunnel is so beautiful. You're like, okay, I'm actually really grateful, even though this was really hard to go through the answers and and what you get from it is so worth, worth it almost. I think it is worth it, but sometimes it feels challenging.
1: <laughs> right. And I think that's where uh, perception is welcomed into the environment, right? Because, um, When we think about trust and surrender, what are we actually saying? It's that I don't have to know everything. I don't need to know the exactness of the plan. I can actually just sit in my being and understand that no matter what, I am fine. Mm -hmm. And I think nature, that's why I talk about it so much. Nature is the greatest teacher in medicine in that because um, a plant or a tree will never be in the space of lack or of fear or of doubt Because it understands that no matter what, it is very well provided for. And even if it isn't, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. You know, it is allowed to live and breathe and die and not worry about what comes next. It just knows I exist. And for that instance, that's more than enough. And I think that we often fail ourselves, not anyone else, but we fail ourselves in forgetting that Mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter what comes next, genuinely. It doesn't. And that's not to be in a state of avoidance or what some like to deem as bypassing. It's just being in the innerness, grounded peace. I guess you could say, of you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And the thing that's so fascinating to me about nature, and we, I've been watching the birds in my little neighborhood, and I love animals. Like, They're to me, the greatest joy in the world. And it's so fascinating because they are living constantly in the present moment because they can't afford to be living in the past or the future because they have to make sure they have food and shelter and protect themselves. Like we have these little birds and there's a falcon that, you know, is, is flying around all the time and he's looking for the babies and he's looking to eat little young and eggs. And so they're constantly in the present moment because they don't have time to be thinking about the past or worrying about the future. And so it's just such a reminder of like how precious each single moment is. And I think we forget, especially because of our lifestyle and how we have so much, I think at our disposal that we forget that things can change at any single moment in a moment's time, everything can change. And so looking to be more in the present moment and just savoring, because that's the only way I think we can slow down time is to just be here and enjoy what we have right now too.
1: I think I love what you said there, because the subject of time, right? I think that when we come into that space of stillness, what we actually do is dissolve it. Because it no longer matters. We also recognize the construct that it is and the illusion that it is. And what we, um, through, through what we like to call the ego, place so much value on it. Because we want to say there is a beginning and there is an end. Because this will make it make sense. But in the end of the day, what's wrong with just allowing yourself to know that it just is? The I am. The, the I can be. I get to be. Just in this moment, this moment is infinite right here. What you and I are co-creating in this space and those that are listening right now, we are just in the space of infiniteness right now. And let's stretch it out for however long we want to. And there is genuinely no limitation to that.
0: Beautiful. And that brings me into talking about meditation.
1: I believe that meditation, especially how it was introduced to me, um, I suffered, or rather, I navigated through anxiety and depression for a lot of my life since I was very, very young. And so for me, when meditation came into my field, I don't think, I felt like as if I wasn't ready for it. My door was not open to it because I really had such a negative connotation around it. Um it was during a time when I was going through so much and I just kept seeing these people like talking about meditation and just kind of floating on a cloud. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand my life. You don't understand the, the stresses I go through and, and the mental up and downs and the pressures of life. Like you don't seem to get it because you're off in like Costa Rica or Tulum like <laughs> dancing and singing Kumbaya. <laughs> and so For me, when meditation came in, it was during a time when I was going through my divorce and I was going through an upheaval of my life, you know, and I was so grateful for that space because it allowed me a space of just sort of calming my overthinking mind. And I am—I I have navigated through the space of being a chronic overthinker. And those spaces are not fun because it goes in cycles, right? You take one tiny little thought and then it goes and creates entire universes inside of your brain. <laughs> and it's so intense. And so meditation, what it allows you is the space to come back to you. And whatever that means, I find meditation in all, right? I, uh, meditation for me doesn't have to be this silent retreat, although that is really beautiful. It doesn't have to be the silent retreat where you are in a certain pose with your foot up in the air and your hands in a certain mudra. Like you're allowed to meditate out in nature while you dance and sing with the wind. Or I meditate often when I'm cooking. I meditate often, you know, when I'm also in a bath. Um, I meditate with my dog, you know, when I go on a hike with him and we're communing with um, nature in that way. I meditate at the gym because so many messages come to me in that space. So meditation is whatever you make of it as long as it is a state of presence. You just welcome in the state of presence where you're not um, already so far into the future and aren't ruminating on the past. You're able to bring both of them together and understand that they're both happening congruently, all three at the same exact time, past, present, future. They're all happening, even as we're speaking right now.
0: That's such a great way to describe what meditation can be, because I think in our productivity driven Universe where we're constantly checking boxes, it's like we can do this meditation thing around our ego, right? I meditated today for 10 minutes. I meditated today for 15 minutes. Oh, I meditated today for 20 minutes, you know? And for me, I like to sit outside eating my breakfast in the sun and watching the birds and listening to them in the morning because if you're really early, you can hear them chirping, right? And that's beautiful. And so just like letting that be a part of your day, but not having it to be like a checkbox that you check off.
1: I don't think any part of your day should be that, by the mm-hmm. way. you know. So I love that you said that. Um, I love birds too, by the way. My yes. backyard is filled with them. I was oh. talking to them prior to this uh, mm-hmm. interview uh, because I just enjoy that space so much. And that is really what life should be about, It's cultivating those moments and having those moments cultivate your day and having that day cultivate your week and that week cultivating your month and year. If you want to think about time, right, and the very linear space that it is, um, but just understanding that one moment is the seed of all, you know? And so, what better way to step into the mindset of you that is the healthiest, that is the most nourishing, that is the most loving and tender and gentle than to commune with self and whatever divinity part of you you want to connect to, if that is God or source or the universe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera?
0: Yes. And you said something really powerful to that. When you're, like, when you're at the gym, when you're meditating, you're receiving the messages. You're in receiving mode. Can you talk a little bit about receiving mode and even maybe tapping into feminine energy? Because that's something you talk about, too.
1: Yes, a big part of um, my practice is assisting women into unlocking the space of masculine ri- rigidness. I guess is the best way to describe that. Um, As someone that has also navigated that uh, within her life, I was raised by a mother that had a very martyr mentality. You know, I do so much for our household. I navigate all the finances. I, I, I plan everything and this and this and woe is me. And my father kind of having to step into that feminine energy of just, well, I guess she's got it. You know, I have zero landing point in her airport. I just have to sort of exist. So in watching that template, I ended up in a in a way shape or form mimicking that even in my own marriage uh, for the time that it lasted and it wasn't until after that I was able to really sit with that and see my patterns so in the essence of of growth I was able to understand that what was actually going on was that I was afraid of receiving because what is actually happening when we receive right it's um We can look at it as someone external giving us something and us feeling comfortable enough to receive it. But really, can you do that just with yourself? And I I find that a lot of people say yes immediately to this. Well, I go shopping for myself. Well, I, you know, um, take care of myself. I work out. I do this. I do that. Yes. But can you allow yourself the abundant receptivity of all, right? And I find that some people say, well, I got this much you know, and they feel like they put a marker on it, a ceiling, you know, to it. Um, let's break the ceiling. Let's break the sky, because some people love to say, right, the sky is the limit. I actually think that's limited, too. You know, if you are an infinite being, when it comes to giving and receiving, um, there should be an infiniteness about that as well, because you're worthy of it. Why are you worthy of it? Because you're all. Mm. So when you're giving, to, when when you're receiving and giving, All that is happening is that you are receiving from yourself, even when it feels like it's coming from an external source, another person, a job, a situation, an opportunity. It's just mirroring whatever's going on inside, you know, and and not only are you worthy of it, you're allowed and you have full permission to receive always and everything. And however it is that you navigate that will tell a lot about what is actually going on inside. Mm -hmm.
0: What you're saying, too, is letting yourself be open to the infinite possibilities. And we often limit ourselves. And so we only want to receive things a certain way, something that looks a certain way, something that comes a certain way. Uh, And so we end up not being open to all the millions and millions of ways that things could come. I always think about this in relationships too, when we're manifesting a partner, we want them to look a certain way. We want them to come a certain way. And so it's always really fascinating if we open ourselves up and we're like, okay, whatever you want to give me universe, I'm open to, then the magic shows up and they may not look the way you thought they would. And they may not come the way you thought they would, but they're magical in, in that you know, fullness of what the universe has to give you instead of limiting yourself.
1: I agree. I, I think that when we limit ourselves as far as like, who is coming in, or what is coming in? Um, we're all we're saying is that we we want to be so rigid and so controlling as to the medicine that we're here to receive. And this often comes in the look of a partner, or just a friendship, too. You know, any connection, I think, brings so much medicine. There is room and space for boundaries in that space, too, um, because you're allowed to sort of sift through that and say, um, I've actually learned this lesson already. I can see uh, what some would call the red flags. Right. I can see, you know, that this is actually something that I do not feel I deserve right now. Um, let's navigate this way. And that's okay. I, um, I definitely am in a space right now where I feel very open to savoring life, all of life, it, when it comes to connections, when it comes to opportunities, when it comes to everything, you know? So I don't block, you know, again, receptivity. I don't block um, anything outside of me unless it's here to cause me harm. <laughs> yeah, and it's
0: cool because you're kind of coming into that, Full circle where you're talking about trust, right? Trusting the divine, trusting the universe, knowing that that what it's what is coming to you. Like you can say no, but you can also say yes, depending on what your intuition says. And then being able to move through the discomfort. Cause I think that's the other thing, is often new things are uncomfortable. And we live very comfortable lives in general. I think most of us, right? we get to order our food the way we want it to. We we, we have access to so much technology. Uh, we don't have to run for our lives from a bear or a lion. Like we have so much comfort, right. Compared to our ancestors. And so I think there's something really powerful about choosing to experience discomfort in order to expand and grow.
1: I agree completely. Um, you know, there was something that I was talking about in a, in a live recently uh, with my beautiful friend Jamar Rogers, where I was explaining there are aspects of you that will um, sort of present themselves to you from the emotional... Um, state that you have been right there are certain individuals in your life that will appear as the four-year-old version of you there are others that will appear as the the preteen teenager young adult you and then there's other aspects right well there where they will come in as like the sage you know the wise counsel and each of them has medicine for you because they'll activate something inside of you to present you with opportunities of expressing your boundaries, of showing your self-worth, of showing, you know, what aspect of you uh, you're tapped into at that particular moment in time. So I often, uh, or I have heard from clients in the past, you know, where they are come to me in the beginning with that kind of victim mindset, the woe is me, and, you know, I'm stuck in this loop, and, and I've gone through this, and this has happened to me, and I don't understand, you know, what I said before, perception. You're being invited to shift your perspective as to what this is actually offering you. So if this isn't serving you, you are allowed to say, hey, wait a minute, let me take a pause. I'm gonna grab my pen and I'm about to rewrite the story uh, because I understand now. And wow, thank you for bringing that into my awareness. I genuinely didn't realize that I was still in this particular cycle or loop. We're allowed to spiral upward, you know, and certain things present themselves one more, but once more, but again, I feel that these beautiful moments are just invitations to dive deeper into self.
0: When it comes to healing and growing through experiences, do you think that those lessons we can say come back around again and again until you've learned them? Or do you think that they potentially continue to come up after that? What is kind of your view about kind of healing
1: from certain things? I love this question. You know, I feel that in my life, right? I can speak on me. um, But in my life, whenever certain things have come back, like I said, I feel like it's just been an invitation to self to be like, oh, wait a minute. I see why this is happening i actually get to show you that i don't like this i don't like being treated this way and you know what from the space of my heart let me actually tell you because oftentimes we believe that um, we assume that people just know you should know my boundary yeah. <laughs> and i think that that's comical because it's like well i won't know unless you tell me oh what a concept you know, so I I think that in the space of healing, what's actually happening is growth, right? Mm-hmm. When we look at a seed, it'll begin as a seed, and it'll continue to break through the layers of the ground. Um, and in doing so, it can feel like it's repetitive, but it's not. It's actually getting ready to break through the ground and actually get into its uh, cycle of bloom, mm-hmm. right? But even in that space, it's kind of cycling through certain things in order to get there. Uh, so I feel that we are the same, you know, all that is happening is growth and it's up to you to choose, uh, how you grow. And that's the beauty of, of this journey as well. There is no, um, cookie cutter. Uh, here's the manual, you know, you get to write the manual. I believe that what we see as repeating a cycle or kind of going into that space, all that it's doing is actually, um allowing you to understand that what is actually happening outside of healing is growth. And so when you look at a seed and it is, you know, uh, in the ground, it absolutely goes through those cycles of growth, right? And it can absolutely feel as if it is repeating cycles as it is going through the various levels of dirt. Uh, But actually what is happening is that it is getting ready to be birthed through the dirt and get into the cycle of its bloom. And then in that space, it's going to feel like it's repeating cycles as well. Um, so I, I actually feel that in those spaces of, of our self growth, um, we are allowed to choose, you know, how it is that we experience this journey, how we navigate through this life. But the reality is that you actually get to dictate that you actually get to write that for yourself. Mm. That's
0: so beautiful. And Perhaps we can move into talking a little bit about, since we're on the topic of healing, um, energy, light healing, which is something that you practice and you teach. And I would just love to learn more about what that is, because I can imagine that it facilitates that expansion and breaking through the layers as we grow.
1: Thank you for that. Uh, Yes, absolutely. I am of the belief and I feel that a lot of people that are in this conscious awareness, whatever you want to call it, um, believe that everything that we are and everything that exists is made out of energy. Uh, But for me, I've stepped into a space for me personally, where not only do I believe that everything is energy, but I believe that everything is one source energy. And so in that space, when I am actually facilitating for a client, especially when I do group gatherings that are in person or one-on-ones, when people come to do an in-person session with me here at my home, what I'm actually doing is I am assisting in providing nourishment for the energy that is us so i don't see a separateness in that not even because we are in different human vessels right Um, i can look at electricity in the same exact way Um, i can see energy of that electricity going to a light bulb as much as it can go to the television and the street lamp outside and the building across the street where is the separateness in that though they can all be on at the same time but it is just one form of electricity it is just electricity running through these different conduits but they're never separate electricity is just electricity we are the same when it comes to energy and so in my practice you know often what i am able to assist with is tapping into that one source energy and sort of assisting anything that could be deemed or seen as blockages or maybe there is a bit of just um it's been a little bit sluggish, right? Um, and I'm able to go into uh, my clients. I don't even like using that word, but <laughs> my clients, the souls that, that journey with me, right? I can go in that space and just provide that form of assistance. Uh, just like anything, if there is a wire that is a bit a bit kinked, uh, we can go in there and absolutely um, quote unquote repair it.
0: Mm. And what are some of the things that create those kinks or those blockages?
1: I think that a lot of times what ends up happening in those spaces is resistance. Mm. It also is uh, fear, uh, doubt, um, these different forms of anxieties, of even depression. You know, these things tend to drain energy because we uh, place so much power on them. And what actually creates an energetic drain is when we claim it as ours. So I've often uh, heard people say, you know, I have anxiety or I am depressed. You're adding such a a claim to that. And you, your conscious self, your body, um, all these things, takes that and says, oh, this is treasure, I, wow. Yes. Okay. We love this. Understood. Anxiety is a part of us. Got it. Let me store it, you know, in my heart. Let me store it in my womb. Let me store it in my mind. Let me store it in my throat. Let me store it in my legs and my arms and my hands. It can go anywhere that it wants to because it feels like it needs it the moment that we claim it. So it's very important for us to not claim these things, but rather to look at it for what it is. Wow. It's something that exists, right? We've put, um, we've put existence into it because it actually isn't real. As someone that's navigated through anxiety and depression, trust me, that was very difficult for me to understand because I had made it so real, it became like a person that was stomping on my chest and I couldn't get out of bed for like weeks and months. Mm. The moment that I understood what an illusion it is and how much of a face I had placed on it, I was able to give it a new name. I said, no, you're not depression anymore. You're worthiness. No, you're not anxiety. You're strength. Got it. And then it became something totally different. I genuinely feel that a lot of what I went through in my physical vessel, like my uterus being removed, my breast going through all of these things that it did was because I was placing so much value on the energetic drains of my life instead of actually pouring medicine over these spaces and saying oh no you are love and no because during those spaces of illness we love to berate our body we'll get better and hurry up and do better and you're not doing good and and, and you know your poor body is listening oh to this thing gosh. I'm not and it magnetizes that within you over and over and over again and people get stuck in those cycles of illness and then it manifests into something more serious right like cancer fibromyalgia hormonal imbalances and then you want Wonder why. Mm. It's so I love that you brought this up because I think this is something that I
0: also have experienced personally and have seen with my clients as well in, in health, in health coaching is also making your body your enemy when it comes to your weight and, you know, your, how you're feeling in your body. And it's so crazy because our bodies are so incredible, right? Like they are like soldiers, like they are savage. They literally are constantly protecting us, taking care of us. They never stop ever, ever. And so it is like a matter of, of perspective. And I think you said, it's so beautiful. The power of language of what we say and how we say it is so incredibly important.
1: I agree. I feel that there is so much power in our words. You are literally casting spells over yourself consistently. And so I came into a space of mindfulness with that because even when I didn't fully believe it, I knew that one day I would. Mm -hmm. And so there was this sort of space of I am not gonna stop saying that I am abundant even when I have been in the spaces of scarcity. I am not gonna stop saying that I am loved because I I know this deep within and one day I'm genuinely gonna believe it. I'm not gonna stop saying that I'm worthy because you know what, I genuinely am. And so once I made that a routine and a habit of every morning waking up and doing that kind of gratitude journaling, maybe I couldn't speak it out. Maybe I was still, you know, in the space of being too um, shy about it. You know, I, I just I couldn't hear it. It hurt to hear it. Right. Well, let me write it down it's okay. I can write it down and I can read it back to myself as if someone else is talking to me and saying this to me. You know, our bodies, like you said, Dora, react to what we are pouring into it. You know, I can feed a plant soda, but eventually it's going to (laughs) die, you know, and so not give it living, breathing water and you're going to watch it, you know, completely flourish. And that is us. We are nature. (laughs)
0: Yes, we are. We are an extension of nature and and that's so powerful to think about because if you, it's so fascinating because we've been talking a lot about seeds and planting seeds and I love that you use that that, um, kind of visual concept because that's what we are too and in so many ways and this week I went to the Redwoods and we were collecting the pine cones. We were just looking and, and studying them. It was kind of like a foraging expedition and I don't know if you've ever seen a redwood seed, but it is literally like like one eighth of your fingernail, like it's so so wow. small. If you looked at that, you would never think that a three hundred foot redwood tree could grow out of that seed, wow. but it does all the time, which is so incredibly mind blowing. And if you think about it, if we're an extension of nature, that's possible for us, right? Like that's possible for us to grow at that, um, that, that like volume and that like just vastness. It's just incredible to think about.
1: Wow. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. You know, I, I like I said, I don't see separation in anything, Dora. So for me, nature is me. I am that redwood tree. And that's why it's my greatest teacher, because it's me teaching me my absolute potentiality and not just that, but just what I am. Right. From the seed that I was birthed. Right. We look at our humanity. Look what you were birthed from. Mm. Such a small sperm, you know what I mean? The the then yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean we we are tiny, right? We're specks of sand, you know, mm-hmm. and when you really look at that, you need a microscope to really see how you began, you know, and then multiplied. And so where is the scarcity? Ah oh, yes.
0: Yes. And if we can look at that and focus on that, like the miracles, I mean, they are miracles, but they're not at the same time because it's just nature. Like, it's so amazing. Right. But like, if you can like, look at that and focus on that, like, what is there to be sad about when you have that level of wonder in your life? I mean, that's insane. It's amazing.
1: That's exactly it. And that's why, you know, I've expressed to friends and, you know, clients, people that journey with me, you are the miracle. There is no need for you to expect miracles or to attract miracles. You are the miracle. Mm. So why wouldn't that be what surrounds you consistently? Mm. You are surrounded by miracles every single day. The earth that you walk on is a miracle. The air that you breathe is a miracle. The, the, the cells on your skin are a miracle. Your eyes are a miracle. Your hair, your voice, everything. And so when you step into the space of gratitude, that amplifies that out into your existence. Because then you finally tuned into the truest essence of who you are. Mm. What
0: is sound healing and how does it help heal?
1: Well, sound healing is frequency, right? And so in that space of frequency, uh, what you're tapping into is just the vibration of energy. And so for me, I've, I feel very blessed and grateful for my voice uh, because through my voice, I'm able to uh, provide certain aspects of frequency healing. Um, you know, there are certain tonalities that I step into whenever I connect with someone that I am able to pour over them. And so, in that space, it creates something within you in the same way that a sound bowl would. You know, there is a sort of reset that happens within you. And every single session, I always begin with the connection of breath. And why is breath so important? You know, breath creates a sort of uh, neutrality within you because it resets your nervous system. And oftentimes we don't navigate this life on a regulated nervous system. When then I go ahead and add the combination of sound and frequency healing, uh, then it adds to the texture of that. And your body receives it so beautifully if you allow it to um, because it's been craving for this for for a while. So when I see a client step into a... you know, a virtual session or an in-person session. I see them come in one way and then they'll leave a completely different way, which to me is such an honor. Uh but yeah, it's it's such a beautiful gift, you know, when we're able to connect to sound and frequency and see the healing uh medicine that it is. Mm, I love that. And I
0: think it's so incredible because sound is such, I mean, we're such a visual, I think, culture, but if we just tune into just the sounds of music and, and like I said, nature, I mean, it's so incredibly powerful. The emotion that sound can bring you and, and the portals that it can open up inside of you too. Sometimes that have been dormant for a really long time. It's so incredibly powerful.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And I think that something that happens in that space, especially for someone that comes in with the intention of, you know, I want I wish to grow, I wish to heal. Uh, what it does is is those latent memories and also uh, latent wounds or traumas or what have you kind of come into the forefront um, as an aid to be like, hey, we don't need this anymore. Are you ready to release it? And then you're able to be presented with that choice, whether you are at that moment in time or maybe not just yet. And both, I think, are okay. We definitely don't want to force uh, healing to happen. It'll happen in its own time, you know, organically. Mm -hmm. And uh, another space that happens, which some like to call activations – Is the space of remembrance of the I am, right? Where you step into a space where you can tap into element, you know, um, element medicine. You know, you're able to tap into what the wind actually provides and the earth and fire and water. Um, You can also step in to uh, being a more open channel and, you know, stepping into your your intuitive um, source and magic and so many wondrous things can occur just in that space if you genuinely allow it. Wow, I love that. It's beautiful.
0: So on the podcast, we ask three questions of all of our guests. And the first one is, uh, what is your definition of beauty?
1: My definition of beauty would have to be the acceptance of self, all of it. Not just the highlights, right? Not just the filtered aspects of self, where I can easily say, Ooh, I love my eyes and I love my smile, but I can actually look at myself and say, Ooh, I love my curves. And I love, you know, uh, my wrinkles, and I love the roles that they play in my body. But you know what? I also love my soul and my heart and my expression and my essence. I think once we're able to really cultivate a relationship with the entirety of us and all of the temples that we get to experience within us, then true beauty is birthed. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. Beautiful. What is your
0: favorite inner or outer beauty tip for our listeners?
1: Mm. So uh, my outer beauty uh, tip... So, I believe just like anything, when we cultivate things within, they'll be expressed out, right? Same goes with our skin and our outward appearance. I I began to hear once I stepped fully into this path uh, how I was aging in reverse. You know, I have no shame in saying I'm 42 years old and I love how I feel and I look, you know, and (laughs) I'm surrounded by people that are much younger, um, but all of them say, Well, you look like us. And I said, Well, It's drinking water, uh, getting plenty of sun and being in nature, even if it's cloudy, um, and also treating my body for the sacred temple that it is. So what does that mean? I love to nourish my body in oils, and I love to nourish it with healthy, really amazing foods. Um, I love to exercise now, which that was a concept before. (laughs) You know, I really had a contentious relationship with exercise, but I... um, I love to nurture myself and just witness how I bloom every single day. Mm. Oh my gosh.
0: Amazing. I love that so much.
1: And where can people find you? Oh, yes. Connect with me, please. I would love to hear from you. I am on Instagram, on TikTok, and on Twitter, and on YouTube (laughs) under Energy Light Healing. And I also have my website at www.energylighthealing111.com.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Abigail, for being on the show today. It was
1: absolutely amazing wonderful thank you dora for having me as a guest this genuinely was so much fun and you're such an incredible host if you loved
0: this episode please give this podcast a positive review on itunes or spotify it helps us spread the word about the power of holistic health and beauty and it helps this podcast grow if you share your favorite takeaways from this episode on instagram please make sure to tag me so i can reshare Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful week.